I'm Tara Aldridge, and you're listening to The Smart Woman Show. I believe that every woman has a powerful, profitable, and impactful business inside of them that God has called them to create. This podcast is for women who have a deep sense that they want more, more out of life, relationships, and business. This show is going to give you the tools to be everything God created you to be by sharing strategies, tactics, and heart-centered lessons so you can stop stopping yourself at the fear of the unknown and finally take your inspired vision and turn it into an impactful business. There's no excuses here. Are you ready to commit? Let's do this. So James Altucher, I don't even know if I need to introduce you. Um, he's major. He's on my show because I disrupted my patterns. And here, I, I want to what talk do you mean? about patterns. What do you mean, what do you mean you I disrupted your patterns? Okay, what you disrupted my you patterns because normally I would have showed up to this being like, hey, like, welcome to the Smart Woman Show. Here we have James Altucher. And like, I've been trying to put my finger on you because I'm trying to be like, why does this guy intimidate me? You know, why does this guy intimidate me? Why am I totally infatuated and in love with him? And why am I feeling unworthy of this? Right? And yeah, so, why? Yeah, why? So here's what I'm trying. This is, this is what I want to get out of this interview. Because this is a common thread, not just in women, but in people. It's like, why the hell not? James Altucher on my show. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look on my show, uh, we were just talking about this actually, like uh, a couple weeks ago, we had Supreme court justice, Sonia Sotomayor. We have Eric Schmidt, the former CEO of Google, the chairman of Google right now coming on. We've had a lot of like amazing people. Like I've had a lot of bucket list moments of people on my show, but then also some people just say no to the show who we think should say yes. Like we think it could be helpful to them, but we have no reason. We, we don't know why we don't, they don't tell us. And it's kind of random. Like who gets on, who goes on the show, who doesn't, it's who, who whose life it fits into, whose it doesn't. So you, you, sh you just keep asking like, yes. Yeah, yeah. So here's the thing. Like I, I decided to get out of my way with you. Like I was just like, I don't care if he says no, if he does, if he says yes, like this is amazing. This is great. And I, I know that this show's not about me. This show's not about you. This show's about the greater impact of the world. And like, that's where we get to be as a human race, right? Like we get to care about our words that we say and how we get out of our way to make things happen to be the 1% better that you talk about every single day. Right. And you can't, you can't say it's only going to happen if this person's on my show, because right. that person might say no for whatever reason. So that's why you ask a hundred people, three people say yes. And that's how it's the 1% better. So, okay. So this is where authenticity for me comes in because, because I'm a promoter, right? Obviously I'm a promoter. So, it's like, wait a minute, like, let's bring it down to what matters and let's be super authentic. And what matters is that you are a disruptor in this world. You're like asking hard questions. You're being super real. You're showing up. You're like, hey, I, I was listening to one of your podcasts and you're like, I just, if it's okay, I'd just like to tell you that I'm nervous right now. And I was like, did he just say that? Like, did he just admit that he's nervous? Like... I'm just curious because I have a horrible memory. Which podcast was that? And I'll tell you why I was nervous. Do you remember yeah, which one? Yeah, it was John Maxwell. 
I think it was because I listened to a few. Oh yeah, John Maxwell, because I've read so many of his books over over the years. Like, uh, and he really in two thousand one, I was like totally, totally going broke. And what really kind of helped me was reading his book Failing Forward. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, so it was like here I was now meeting him. Like, who would have ever thought when I was reading that book eighteen years ago? that I would then be sitting down kind of being friends with them. So, okay. So when did you come to the conclusion that you were going to use your voice? Um, it depends what you mean. Like I, I, in, in, it depends what you mean by the phrase using your voice. Um, but in, in 1990, I decided I wanted to be a, a writer. Uh, I really loved, uh, good writing and I admired other writers. So I wanted to, I wanted to write and I was delusional into thinking, Oh, I'm going to start off as a good writer. But instead it took like a good solid five, six years of 3000 words a day, seven days a week, you know, 10 hours a day, sometimes lot reading hundreds or thousands of books took a long time to kind of get the beginning of the skills of being a good writer um but that's you know and then i became interested in other forms of either entertainment or communication whether it was through the internet or like building a good interesting website or doing um a web show or a a tv show or being a public speaker but i always writing was always the core and um and then fast forward many years I've been through a lot of ups and downs, more downs than ups. And I started writing, people knew me as like kind of a finance writer, even though I didn't really, I didn't really view myself that way. So I just started writing really honestly about my failures and my, and my, the things that were causing me to be either depressed or, or to, to, to mess up time after time and how I was trying to get through them and things that I would uh, store actual not just rants about other stuff but stories that would happen to me that i that other people could relate to so in other words i was applying good writing techniques to a subject that normally people hadn't applied those techniques to like you know sort of personal uh uh, uh vulnerability and things like that not not self-help which i feel is more of a rant kind of style of writing or more prescriptive style of writing, which I don't like, but more just people viewed me as self-help, but I wasn't. I was just telling my story and how I solved something. And then other people could either do it or not. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't prescriptive at all. And uh, I really enjoyed that. And I saw my audience, people really needed that. Like they, it was almost like I was telling people, Hey, it's okay to be honest about, hard times in your life. It's be okay to, it's okay to be honest about mistakes. It's okay to understand them and analyze them. And that's how you get better. Uh, that's how I was getting better. So I was sort of showing people that in real time. In other words, I wasn't showing people, here's how, what you should do to get better. I was saying, here's a bad thing that happened to me. And here's what I, the 10 things I might've done to get better. And there was a story around each thing. So I was able to use those storytelling techniques. And then the same thing with the podcast. When I have a podcast with somebody, like let's say I have on, you know, Eric Schmidt or, or Sonia Sotomayor or, or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Coolio or Tyra Bank, whoever, it's not like I'm trying to be a reporter and say, hey, tell me 
you know, what, uh, how to be a famous model, I would be, yeah. it would be more like, I would try to relate it to problems I'm having even right now and how their extreme world-class expertise and knowledge could potentially help me solve my problems now. And so that's always my secret agenda in a podcast. So I don't even necessarily know if I'm using, you know, quote, unquote, using my voice to, to help anyone. I'm trying to really help myself in the most honest way possible. And if you do that, I think the listeners benefit. I think that's so he, the audience benefits, whether you're writing or you're listening, if it's a podcast or whatever. Here is what is so poignant about this is that it's like, you get to help me just like in this moment in what you're talking about, because look at this, like, here's my preparation. And, and like, there's backed up by three pages of questions I'm going to ask. And it's like, gee, Tara, like, why don't you just put your notepads away, have a human connection with a human and be like, and, and be vulnerable and just tell him like, Hey, this is where I'm struggling. And I know that there's other people who've got to be struggling with this. And like, if we're, if we're really truly trying to impact, like, let's talk about that. So let me ask I, you a question. Yeah. Why are you so eager to have impact on other people? So this is a great question because I'm asking it of myself. It's like, what are you actually trying to do here, Tara? Like, is this about you? Because I, the one thing that I don't want this show, my message, my mission with women is to be about me. And so help me. Okay. Like, so, so like in any endeavor, like let's take a podcast. Obviously you want it to, you can't just say, well, I don't care what people think. I'm just going to do my authentic thing because obviously you want it to be entertaining mm. and, to people and you want it to be listened by a lot of people and you want people to contact you and say, whoa, that podcast you did with so-and-so really made me think, really affected my life. Mm. Um, so that's sort of like this goal. Uh, but it can't be the only goal because you also want to be really good at what you do. And mm. if you're only focused on the external, you can't really be great internally at what you're doing. So the way you get great internally is what problem do I have inside myself that I could sort of resolve on this podcast because chances are if I'm dealing with this difficulty, other people are dealing with it. Not just yeah. women, but perhaps men as well. Like you can't say, oh, well, um, you know, going to be, you know, the solution for smart entrepreneurial women because you're, you're going through that path as well. We're, we're kind of all going through that path together. So, so it's sort of like, not that you're going to teach, but it's more like, hey, uh, we're all along for the ride. Whatever we're doing, I want to be good enough so that people want to go on the ride with me rather mm -hmm. than people wanting to get a lesson from me. Because think about college or any time you've been taught, right? Yeah. How much do you actually remember from times when you, when someone tried to teach you, very, probably very little. Like yeah. uh, when I read a book, maybe I remember one percent of it, like a few weeks later, and that's Thank it. Like, hopefully, that. <laughs> Thank hopefully, you hopefully that. it's a good one percent, but it's it's probably max two percent. Like, it's really hard to like remember things from from books, even like the best books in the world. Yeah, I don't. That I. I that's why I skim books. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't. Even, I don't read books. I skim them. Well, now some books you shouldn't skim. Like, let's say, let's say a book is written by, I'm just going to make it up like, uh, 
Ernest Hemingway, The Old Man in the Sea. There's no point skimming that book because the reason for that book is that every word will make you a better writer. But if you're reading a book like um, How to Put Together, uh, you know, How to Be a Good um, Investor or How to Be a Good Podcaster, chances are the writer is not really a great writer, but there's important information. So then you're just searching for the important information. Yeah, um, that so, applies so, to you. So there's different agendas for, for each kind of book. So you and I are mirrors of each other, and I know this because I am truly inter- in, introverted. Like that's where I idle. I idle it isolated. I do always want to remove myself and be alone. But there is something also in me and in you that is very much like, no, I'm a, I'm a promoter too, right? So how do you, and help me with this, how do you recognize when you're being too introverted, too isolated, too in your own head and like disrupt that in the moment and move out and be okay with that? Yeah. So I think curiosity and creativity. So, uh, uh, so let's just define all the terms. So being an introvert means uh, it doesn't mean you're shy. It means technically uh, when you're, let's say you're at a party, chances are you, you lose energy much faster than someone who's extroverted. And mm-hmm. when you're by yourself, you gain energy where someone who's extroverted needs to go to the party every night. Now, that's the extremes and it's a whole spectrum. I tend to be much closer to, uh, if I'm at a party, the first thing I'm thinking of is how quickly can I get out of this party and just go home. But when I'm home, I want friends. I want to be with people. I want people to like me. So I want to go to the, I want to be invited to the party. I want to go. But as soon as I'm there within like five, 10 minutes, I'm thinking like, okay, I'm plotting out who else do I have to talk to? And then, I'm going to leave and I'm, I will just secretly leave. So I really can't. Or if I'm at a big networking dinner, I can't do it. I, I can't do those anymore. Like I just, I, I lose energy right away. Like I, yeah. I need to have my dinners one-on-one. But the flip side is I like to, I like to build and improve my creativity. And part of that is by being curious about as many things as possible. I like to improve my creativity every day and my outlets for creativity so that people will, I'm, I'm proud of what I write or I'm proud of my mm-hmm. podcast. So I want people, I want to share with people and I want people to like it. I want people to like me, but I don't have to necessarily talk to them. It's my way of, of sharing and interacting with a large group of people by writing or by being as create more creative than I think anyone else is being. I'm trying to be really creative. And again, the way to do that is to say something that's, scary to you like if you can't, if you're not scared of what you're doing then your mm-hmm. pro- chances are you're repeating something that somebody else has done and that's why you're not afraid oh someone else has done it. i don't need, and they did it safely i don't need to be afraid doing it mm-hmm. so you have to be a little bit afraid or else you're not being creative enough and then when you're a little bit afraid enough to be that your creativity is noticed then that solves like okay now i'm in, now i'm interacting with a large number of people while still being an introvert well, that's good news for me because I'm terrified of what, I've, what I'm doing. And it's like what you just said is um, like I want people to like me, but I know – and I, I know this because I know you, because I follow you. I also know that you're willing to like not really give a shit if people don't like you either. And so you're always willing to walk away. And one of the things that I'd love it if you could touch on in this interview is like actually how important is it to 
be just like a hundred percent okay with walking away from something that you were attached to, like not attaching to the outcome of something. I think it's really important. Like, um, uh, and okay. So what do I mean by that? Let's say you write a, a TV script, a screenplay okay. and an agent's interested in it. And you're like so excited. Oh my God, this might be a TV show and NBC might be interested in it or CBS. And you feel like so excited, like, oh, this TV show that I wrote, an agent likes it. Now CBS likes it. I think this is going to happen. And then all of a sudden, everybody cancels it. And your agent even stops returning your phone calls. Okay, I know people who will spend six months kind of honestly really depressed about this and not even be able to move forward in any other way. Mm -hmm. But then you could say to yourself, or, or you could say to yourself, okay, that didn't work right now. Maybe that might work later, but it didn't work right now. And there's nothing I can do about it because you can't argue someone out of those decisions. So, well, let's think about this. I can write another screenplay. I clearly have been building experience. Somebody liked my stuff. So maybe I can write another one or I can take my screenplay. I'm going to turn it into a novel and publish it on self publish on Amazon or publish it through a publisher. Or I'm going to make, I'm going to, film it myself with an iPhone. So low production, make YouTube four minute episodes and see if it works that way. Um, or I'm going to shoot the whole thing myself and just upload it to Amazon as a show and see what happens. Um, you know, there's so many different ways you could kind of work around an obstacle after someone, when someone says no to you, you also have to say no to your control on the situation. So mm -hmm. another example is let's say you have, um, uh, like, well, I'll give you an example from, from, from me. One time I had, um, a business that I thought could potentially be sold for millions and millions of dollars. So I tried really hard year after year to sell it for millions and millions of dollars. And it wasn't quite a business, but it was, it was like a deal that I had in place. And, uh, um, I, nothing was working out year after year after year, nothing was working out. And I said, forget it. I know I can't get millions or at least it's going to take me years more to figure this out, but I could sell today for let's call it $200,000 mm -hmm. within a week. I did that. I moved on and I was happy. I had money and I had money to now try to do a, a different idea to maybe make more money. So sometimes you have to like when you switch gears and you say no to something that you, you, you really had your hopes on one thing mm -hmm. when you finally realize no, I, that's, I'm not, that's not going to happen or no, I'm not going to do it that way. It frees you up to yeah. suddenly, okay, I didn't make millions, but I made some money and a good money. And, but that gives me money too, to breathe a little easier, live, uh, uh pay bills a little longer. And it gives me time to find five other opportunities instead of always being focused on this one opportunity that might not work. So Saying no only, if you do it the right way, only creates new opportunities. But you have to say no as quickly as possible when you recognize something's not working. What is your relationship with money? Um, well, uh, it's, it's interesting because let's say the cliche relationship that anyone has with money is the more money, the better. People just want... They don't want just a million. They don't want just 10 million. They don't, then they want a hundred million and they want a billion. The more, the better. And that's the cliche relationship that most people have with money. Like, I just want to do something that makes as much money as possible. But for me, 
I really want to make money so that I li- I I have freedom of choices. So each day I get to make choices that I want to make instead of just doing the the things that are the choices of other people. So if I work at a a, a big corporate job at a bank, say, and nothing against people who do this. Some people have a lot of fun doing this and you could certainly make a lot of money no matter where you are. But if I personally were to work at a, at a, at a big bank, I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't like my boss. I probably wouldn't like the things he was telling me to do. I probably wouldn't really believe in the brand of the bank. So, so from six in the morning till seven at night, I would be commuting to and then going mm-hmm. to and then doing things that don't really make me happy. And that's five days a week. And maybe I'd be working with people I don't like. So I'm thinking about that on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And so suddenly, I'm, I'm do- none of these things I'm doing from, with most of my time are, are my choices. So I like to have money to guarantee that I can make my own choices. And then furthermore, I like to not take risks. So I like to have more than enough money so that, or, or some income stream. Like it's not necessarily having a pile of money. If you have a solid income stream doing what you love doing, that's the same exact thing. You're still doing exactly you're doing doing exactly what you want to do with the convenience you want to do it, and 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 like like for instance, there's nothing I want to buy right now. Like I have everything yeah. I want. I don't want to buy a boat, a plane, a car, uh, a big house in the country, uh, a vacation home, huge work of art. There's nothing I want to buy. I just want to have. I just want to be making enough money so that I keep on um, doing exactly what I love doing every every day and have maybe a little extra so that this can't ever be called into question. I think that's yeah. – now, if you don't have that, that's not bad. It's just that's one of the things that you sort of move towards 1% a day. And if you do have that, you want to make sure you're not taking any risks to lose that. I think that was my problem before was I was taking too many risks when the goal of entrepreneurship is actually to remove risks, not take risks. Yeah. Everybody's, everybody thinks being an entrepreneur means uh, you're a risk taker. That's a, that, that would be, I would never invest in an entrepreneur that was a risk taker. The biggest risk is working for that bank. I just said, like, yeah. imagine if you were working for Lehman brothers in, in 2006, well, you thought that was a safe job where you can make a lot yeah. of money. Guess what? you not only lost all your money, you lost all your stock options, which is how your bonuses were paid for the past 10 years. So you just went totally broke after you were thinking you were wealthy. And uh, you have no idea how your, your future is all determined by the success of your boss, your boss's boss, his boss, his boss, the company, the shareholders, and so on. Meanwhile, yeah. you might not like your boss. I don't want to be in a risky position where I have a boss that I don't like who doesn't like me, and now my future is in the hands of someone who doesn't like me. That's risky. That is risky. And you yeah. only have one source of income, your job. You need, you need multiple sources of income. That's a cliche to say, but it's, it's really true. You need to diversify uh, your sources of income. So an, a, a, a smart entrepreneur removes the risk. So here's the way you remove the risk. Oh, I'm going to start a company. But before I start that company, maybe I should get a few customers. So now you start the business having a few customers already paying you. That's an example of, of removing risk. Or let's say I'm an investor in a, pri- in a private company. I'm being like a venture capitalist or an angel investor. Yeah. Oh, oh I see 
that's I'm gonna make I'm gonna exaggerate. I see. Oh, Warren Buffett also is investing in this small private company. Well, he probably did all the hard work figuring out if this is a good company or not, and he's smarter than me. And if this company runs into trouble, he'll probably put up the money to save the company. So I just removed a lot of risk as an investor. So investors and entrepreneurs, your whole goal is to remove risk. Think about it this way. If you put money into something that has no risk, then you're probably going to make money. Yeah. If, if you put something, money into something or time into something that has a lot of risk, you might make a lot of money, but you might lose a lot of money. So which would you rather do? Have no risk and make money or a, a lot of risk and but there's a chance you might lose all your money. So you should, you should diversify as many situations as possible where you have little to no risk and then you'll end up making a lot of money and, I, and you'll have fun doing it as well. Like, like for instance, if I'm invested in Warren Buffett in a company, I am never going to think about that company again because yeah. they have Warren Buffett to talk to. They don't need to talk to me. I don't need to help them. Warren Buffett will help them. Again, I use Warren Buffett. I'm just exaggerating, but that's- No, I get it. That's who we invest in too. This company is Warren Buffett's invested in. And we're actually trying to get Warren Buffett to invest in one of our companies right now too. So I don't- well, good, good luck with I, that. You know what I, I get to that be That seems right hard, now. but- I know. I know. Hey, I thought getting you on the show was hard. Look at, look at us now. Yeah. And, and, and I get to be super respectful of your time. Thank you for this 30 minutes. Um, I could talk to you all day long, but- you're James Altucher, and I get to uh, let you go be your fabulous self. Well, thank you so yeah. much for inviting me on. I'm glad uh, we connected, and I'm glad I, I came on the show. I really appreciate it. Th thank you. Yeah, for and, and I appreciate you for disrupting my life in a very positive way. You have forever changed me, and I know you change a lot of people. So thank you for being you. Thank, for being, thank you for, thank you for, for saying being that. So just wait. I, I really want to acknowledge you. All right. Because you're <laughs> extremely authentic. Like thank every day, all day. And that's really powerful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for saying that. Although I will say on only you have really changed yourself. And I'm glad mm -hmm. to have been a participant in that change to go on to your ride. But, but you, you, start, you started your journey. Yeah, that is very true. That is very true. I love you, James. Have an awesome day, friend. Okay. Thanks so much. I'll talk yes. to you soon. Bye. Bye. I want to thank you for listening and subscribing to the Smart Woman Show. My vision for you is that you would experience the same level of success me and my friends have. Break open that vision, girl. DM me on Instagram at Oldridge, and I will send you a link to book a free strategy call with one of my success coaches today. Let's do this.